Alex, we didn't have a show on Friday because at around midnight on Thursday night, I determined I could not do a show on Friday. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to cancel a show at the very last second, I have to imagine that was probably the best possible time to do it, right? Like at the midnight before, just saying, I can't do this. It's just too early. I just I was, can't do this. I couldn't. I was sitting on my friend's couch and it was you know it was a it was a long week there was a lot going on you know obviously you know i, I flew out to san francisco to, to be with the guys for the uh the, the streams and the launches of both those machines and you know combine that with like having not been in san francisco for like four or five months you know trying to catch up with all these friends and going out it's just thursday night i i was only gonna have the energy for that stream and i just i couldn't do it i couldn't yeah. do it uh so i apologize for the unannounced nature of that but at least we had an eight hour live stream to to make up for it no see it worked out in my favor because i had like two reviews to write that day and there was news going on while you were on the live stream and all that other stuff so i had actually had enough time to get my work done because i had that extra like hour hour and a half of 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 time just to you know do other things so thank you for that i appreciate it yeah and of course as i sit here saying like woe is me i canceled the morning show uh, we're joined no. by Dan yeah, Teasdale yeah. on the West Coast. <laughs> Such a hard life having to cancel your show, going to sleep at midnight, and yeah. you're waking up at 7 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to do a thing with fucking Navarro. God. Oh, Dan. It's, uh, good, to Dan, have you. it's good to have you on. <laughs> Dan Teasdale, formerly of Harmonix and Twisted Pixel, and now of uh, No Goblin. Uh, that's right, right? Right? No Goblin? That's right. Which is uh, your new studio. How is that going? That is going really well. Like I, we started uh, in July. We moved up to Seattle and uh, started up with all of the other Seattle ex AAA developers starting indie studios, and uh, we're cranking away on our first game, which is Roundabout. By now, at roundaboutgame.com. And uh, good work. Thanks. I learned game. it from I learned it from Drake. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. Well, so Roundabout, just quickly, uh, to fill people in on those who are not aware of what Roundabout is, why don't you give them the the brief synopsis, if there is such a thing you can actually do for that game. Absolutely. It's uh, Roundabout is the uh, 1977 rise to fame story of Giorgio Manos, who was the world's first revolving chauffeur. Okay. So in Roundabout, you play as him. He's driving a limousine that's constantly spinning around, and you're in an open world. Uh, and you're picking up passengers, you're going through and uh, uh, picking up collectibles. Uh, it's basically if you took Crazy Taxi and merged it with uh, Tony Hawk and GTA and just mashed it all together and this weird 70s limo spinning game came out. Um, it has its roots in... <laughs> it has its roots wow. in uh, Kurakurin, if, if you know... Uh, if you if you've played Kuro 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 right. on the GBA, it's, yeah. it's like it's, it has its roots in that, but somehow less crazy because it's not a bird piloting a rotating stick. Uh, it's, it's a little more grounded, but uh, yeah, it's little been really more. fun. Little more, tiny, tiny, but it's uh it's been pretty fun so far. Like I I was expecting like my going into this, I was expecting okay, we're a small studio, this is going to be hell. We're going to have to crunch on our first game. It's going to be terrible, but. It's actually been pretty easy so far. Like, I don't see why all these other indies are complaining about Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan Teasdale, always be trolling everywhere he goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what, what do you mean by we? How many how many folks are, are you involved with? So full-time, it's uh, me and Panza, who uh, is also ex-harmonics as well. Uh, and then we have uh, three other people who are doing sort of part-time outsource work to sort of get us over the line. 
So it's a, it's a small team, uh, and we've got a pretty aggressive timeline. Like, we're coming out 2014, which is very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's weird going into that. Um, it's weird going into that sort of mindset and, like, being, like, rushing from the start and, like, having everything work out. Like, I'm so used to things just, like, collapsing and then trying to scramble things to ship to a deadline. But so far, things are good, which is nice. Which means that, you know, next week everything's going to fall apart, but... For now, things are good. Where where did the primary inspiration for this this game come from? Like I, I you know you, you cited the gameplay you know uh, inspirations there, and those are all pretty damn good ones. But like, where did the whole revolving limousine thing come from? I think a lot of it was like I was I was taking from Kuro Kuro, mm-hmm. and then I was trying to think of like what could be more sane than uh, than yet yeah, the bird in a in a flying stick, right? Uh, as like. I've, the first thing that kind of came up in my, in my brain was like, you know, limousine is long and it's a car, so I might try that. <laughs> but, a lot of thought uh, went into it then. Yeah, no, I mean, no, months of research and <laughs> deep soul searching. I wanted to invoke the spirit of uh, limousine driving. Uh, it, it's, it's, it really just was as simple as that to start off with, but then everything just started layering on top of that. Like, I wanted to make a game in the 70s for like the longest time because like no one's explored that. It's a good decade. I've it's a, it's a really good decade, and we're in 77, which is like Star Wars, Bowie, like, just like, it's the perfect 70. So you're licensing uh, all that stuff, right? Yeah, 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 with a huge independent budget, we're licensing <laughs> Star Wars, it's just going to be playing on a small theater screen that you can't see because it's top down, it's going to be brilliant. Man, they'll just give that shit to anyone nowadays. Yeah, no, George Lucas called me up and said, I don't own this stuff anymore, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, do what you want, <laughs> fuck it, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. So is it a little bit, you know, strange? Like, we just went through, like, these two next-gen launches. Like, you're off doing your own kind of kind of tiny thing. Like, the former studios that you worked at, you know, both are working on some pretty early uh, next-gen stuff. Is it is it nice to be sort of out of all of the bullshit that goes into a lot of that? Or, or you know, now that it all kind of passed by, like, is there any twinge of jealousy that, that you would have been, you know, a part of some of the madness? I think for a launch title... Like yeah, there's a there's a there's a huge chunk of jealousy that I did not ship a launch title or, or like work on a launch title because like I've like I think for any dev like just being there on day one is like such a huge like accomplishment. Like you go and buy the box and you can buy your game and like it's like the perfect ecosystem to sell your game. Like it, it's perfect, but at the same time, like I'm glad I didn't have to ship a launch title and deal with like you know TCRs going everywhere and like just all that craziness. Um, yeah, I, I I miss that sometimes, but at the same time, like that'll be us in you know six months' time. We'll be doing like press tour for roundabout, and I'll have to annoy you guys again, and you know get into that sort of cycle of like we're about to ship. Everyone, you know, give me all this feedback about this game, and like get that sort of high from shipping a game. Now, uh, to be fair, Teasdale, you are responsible for 2013's most important mobile video game, uh, Super Freak Tracker. Uh, how is that doing for you? Uh, are you are you rolling in millions now? Uh, how is the di- how is the Diet Coke pipeline going? Like how is that all working out for you right now? Unfortunately, that is going really well. Okay, uh, I wish it wasn't. <laughs> uh, we have Men of Game Dev, which was one of the Kickstarter rewards from that, is now fully spun off, and that's actually a, a No Goblin production now. It's all set up to go through that for taxation awesome. and all, all that business stuff. So. MenofGameDev.com, $15 by your calendar. Uh, but yeah, we're going to do that again next year, which will be really awesome. Uh, but yeah, Drake Tracker is still, people are still donating Diet Coke money. 
I don't know why. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> we, we, the joke is done. Uh, I don't know. We might do like one or two more things later, but like I think I, I think the, the the joke has reached its peak. Sure. I I, uh, I think I think we are done with Super Drake Super Drake Tracker 2000 DX. One might argue that joke reached its peak some time ago, but it continues. One, 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 one might argue it reached its peak. Say two minutes into the presentation, the <laughs> <Yeah. back seat. laughs> that's distinctly possible. We, uh, but yet it is, it is endured. <laughs> Unbelievable! All right. no, I, I, I am very thankful that there are so many people who love dumb things <laughs> to allow me to make this and to allow me to ship an Ouya game. So thank you. And somehow, thank you for that. somehow we have managed to collect them all under this umbrella of, of of giant bomb community. It's it's like we're a weird magnet for people who just like the dumbest 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 things possible it's amazing yeah. so yeah thank you 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 as a community you are the, the greatest assholes i could ever be kind of remotely associated with they are they're i'm sure they are very happy to oblige you <laughs> although it, it i mean it is kind of funny you know how f- many tools are now available to allow a joke like that to go as far as it can go like you got to publish danuya like that's ridiculous that you know whatever you think about Ouya as a platform and and all, all sorts of other stuff like that like it's published somewhere like and you can get it on your phone like it that's pretty cool like it's ridiculous how how much like unity supports that with like the they have like the asset store where you can just like press a button and like you have iaps and you can purchase stuff or you, you press a button and you get like a full animation system it's like this is blowing my old man game developer brain but at the same time it's like it's it allows you to go too far on this stuff as we saw with Drake Tracker. Like we got to the point where um, they have Unity support for all console platforms now. It's like, what if we put Drake Tracker on Vita as a stretch goal? And like, it's a, like the other Adam boys is like, could we do this? It's like, well, I guess we could do this. It's like, no, no, stop. We can't. No, this is crossing Please a line. Tell me I, no, just say no. no. It, it is possible, like, with No Goblin is a registered PlayStation developer, we, I could press the button in Unity that pushes it out, but no, it will. We have no more platforms for Super Drake Tracker. That's it. We're done with the 9 or whatever we have now. It was, uh, I mean, like, sort of like stepping uh, on it. Like, I imagine at Harmonix and Twisted Pixel, you guys probably used, like, probably a lot of proprietary in-house development software. Are you g- doing that kind of stuff? With, with No Goblin, or are using, like, a lot of off-the-shelf stuff now that it's, like, really matured? No, we're, we're all Unity now. Um, it's, like, yeah, like, Harmonix was, like, their custom beatmatch engine that they built for 10 years, and Twisted Pixel had Beard, which I actually like Beard a lot. Like, it, for, like it's not, the you know, the most best-looking engine in the world, but to make stuff in it, it's super quick. Uh, but Unity is just, like, this extra level above it in terms of just, like, how quickly it is to get stuff working. Like, uh... Like, the big example I used when we launched Roundabout was our road system. Uh, so I, I worked on Destroy All Humans, which was kind of like a similar, th- like, sort of building system where we had, like, roads and traffic and things like that. And the, our programmer on that spent, like, a month building this road system out of splines and stitching it into the terrain. And for us, I, I went to the asset store and pressed a button for splines, and then half an hour later we had a road system. It's just, like, it doesn't... I think it's unfair in a way that AAA is still stuck with shitty tools because <laughs> all of the Unity stuff is just ridiculously quick to get stuff going. Yeah, there was a... I did a feature on some... Uh, these two brothers that they developed a game together for something close to 10 years and they built their own tools and everything was very specific to what they wanted to accomplish. And then by the time they put it out, uh, I think it was earlier this year, it's a game called Ring Runner. 
he they were starting to look at what they wanted to build uh, for their next game. So they thought, well, these tools are so specific, we can't really use this for the next project. Why don't we see uh, what's going on in Unity? And as an experiment, he tried to build the old game in Unity and was able to get a pretty rudimentary version of it up and running in about a week. <laughs> yeah, that's... It's, it's crushing. It's soul-crushing. Like, as someone who's learned this skill set for 15 years, now now that's useless. <laughs> in a sense. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of overstating, but, like, it's, it's, it's really nice, like, being able to just, like, have a two-person team and be able to outsource some of this stuff and, like, build a game that, like, looks pretty decent and, like, is fun and, like, can I can focus on, like, iterating on mechanics and stuff and not have to worry about spending six months to wait for a system to come online it seems like it's definitely sort of living up to one of the things that's been talked about for a couple of years now of like you know rather than there being this sort of like b tier of like triple a games it seems more like the, the the downloadable games or the independent games are just kind of rising up and getting more impressive as it becomes easier you know and more efficient to to make games of that caliber yeah absolutely and that's as as someone in that it's super scary because like, we're now competing against, you know, a thousand IGF nominees and, like, <laughs> 500 people going through Greenlight every year and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of, it's a little scary for us, but at the same time, like, I'm not competing with five other spinning limousine games. Like, it's just us. We have a unique hook. We can push it. Like, it's, it, it opens it up enough that I think it counteracts the sort of saturation that's going on. Yeah, that's been, like, a big conversation that's been happening in the past couple of weeks in sort of the independent community of, you know, things like getting on Steam used to be a guarantee of sort of quality or otherwise uh, you were going to sell games. And that's, you know, with so many, you know, 100 games through Greenlight getting approved every couple of weeks, that's just really not the case anymore. Yeah, and Steam is itself, for some reason, is now the hardest platform to get on. Like, we can... It's this weird, bizarro world where... I can ship the Wii U is like the easiest platform to get on out of all of the platforms we're on. <laughs> and Steam I don't is believe like you. the No, like literally, like I signed up for the thing. Uh like they have a site page on the site and then like a week later I got a phone call. It's like, hi, this is such and such from Nintendo. So uh what game do you want to make? It's like, oh it's this game about a guy in a limousine that spins around. It's like, great, we'll give you dev access here and uh, you're a, you're a Nintendo developer now. It's like Awesome. That's great. <laughs> Maybe we'll ship for Wii U now, I don't know. Uh, but Steam is like, it's, I mean, Alex, you probably remember this from the Rock Band Network days, but it's, with Greenlight, it's kind of all the problems we had with the Rock Band Network, but now with people's lives on the line, like yeah. it's, uh, it's an insular community. I mean, I'm not saying insular is a negative. I'm saying insular is like, it's hard to get new people into it mm -hmm. because of the amount of work to like get people to vote on a game. Uh, so it's this community voting on the same things, uh, and because we can't just send a link to someone because you have to sign into Steam and authenticate with Steam Guard and go to this thing and it's all buried away, we can't really bring new people in to that community uh, or like introduce them to Greenlight. So for us, like we did a lot of Greenlight pimping at the start and like we have the huge banner at the bottom of the page and I've been you know annoying people on Twitter about it for a month, but uh, like we're really not seeing that much of a, of a bump from any of that stuff. Like we did Greenlight Gaming, which is like this awesome Greenlight focused site, and uh, it's just it's just impossible to sort of move that needle in ways that uh, that would make me comfortable in saying that we can have uh, Steam for ship. And, but you know, we'll maybe we'll win the Greenlight lottery. Um, like I'm looking at like our, our graph and stuff, like it looks like we'll be greenlit by the time that we ship. But 
Like, I can't guarantee that. So would you say that the things like the Steam Greenlight situation and what you've learned from doing stuff like Rock Band Network is that democratizing platforms is a gigantic mistake that no one should ever do? <laughs> yeah, yes, extremist Alex the <laughs> <laughs> no, There's no room for shades have... of gray here. It's a yes or no, no, no kind of no. thing. Yeah, we are all going to die. Let's scoop yeah. out our brains. Uh, no, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's... It's one of those things that I think if you're going to have a, the ability for the community to vote on games, you need to make that friction as low as possible. Right. Like, you, I, if I put a... If I, basically, the, the, the pipeline needs to be, I can post a link on Twitter, mm. and then someone can click that, and it counts. Right. Or, like, I click that, and I type in my email, and it counts. Whereas with, with RBN, it was, you have to be part of the creators club, and go through this flow, and they get eight votes, and you had, like... EMI being unable to ship songs whereas and with Greenlight it's kind of the same problem like you have to like like I was saying before you click on the link it takes you to a web page your web page doesn't take you to Steam so you go to Steam and then you click on Steam Greenlight and go and search for the game and it's like at that point I've lost like 90% of the people who'd vote for our game yeah I think the spirit of that stuff is obviously in the right place it's just that no one's found a good way to make that you know that voting and that democratization process streamlined in a way where it actually makes sense and it actually gets the you know like it actually has the intended effect because even with the, like you said with the rock band network stuff it was like a lot of times there were songs that you you knew everybody wanted to play and they seemed basically ready it was just getting people to actually do the things that were necessary to make those go through the pipeline was such a nightmare like we we basically for like I'm in a band called Spec Band. Yeah, uh, but, uh, <laughs> a, a collective of people who play musical instruments. There, there were instruments there. Music yeah. came out at some point, uh, but like we basically, like I'm not really that ashamed to say it. We basically faked our way through. Like we basically found other people who are on the team with RBN memberships and got them to vote for our song because it was the only way to get our song through. And unfortunately, the people at Valve that I know won't take bribes, so I'm kind of <laughs> stuck. <laughs> But, like, if anyone's going to fix this, it's Valve. Like, they have the resources, they have the the want to, you know, keep their platform as open as the console platforms. Like, I think like, I think this is a problem that they have the resources to solve. So I'm not, I'm not too negative about it. And, like, you know, Steam isn't evil. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to being on there. I just, they, we just need to wait for the process to evolve, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those things that, I mean, like anything, like when you open up the internet to, to comments and things like that, it's just you want everyone to be able to participate. It's that when you when you do do that, it comes with unintended consequences that you really just can't plan for or deal with until the problems are in front of you. And so it's like <clears throat> they were never going to be able to roll out Greenlight and have it be a perfect service. They need to roll out Greenlight and then figure out the problems as they went along. Um, and then it's just they've run into a lot of really weird scenarios where, you know, like some of the biggest challenges for Greenlight are when you have games that run into that, you know, sticky, like, is it a game debate? And then when you give that over to a community that, you know, is, you know, I think the Steam community by and large is very game traditionalist in terms of like the genres they like and, and, but that makes sense, right? Like you vote for the things that you are kind of a known quantity. And so that when something sort of breaks your expectations or is different than what you expect, you're not going to necessarily be like, yeah, that's the game I want to vote for. And I think that's a very natural human tendency. But then how does a system account for sort of like a, the, the human psychology's inability to cope with the unknown when that's exactly what they're trying to sort of get onto the service by opening it up to everyone? Yeah, exactly. Like it's especially how how do you just remove that friction to allow the people who aren't you know, super hardcore steam people to vote? Um, so Alex, you have been writing a bunch of 
You've been doing a lot of reviews. I have. You got a lot of sports games up there. Our sports coverage during the live streams was, let's say, well, let me give an example. When we played (laughs) FIFA, Mm -hmm. and then Danny O'Dwyer pointed out to us the reason that we could not, the reason it ended in a tie of 0-0 was because every time we were kicking the ball, we were actually hitting the lob button. Right. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that. Um, hmm. I thought about texting one of you to maybe say something about no. that, but I I thought it would be way more fun if I didn't. Yeah, and you were right. So yeah, that's that's something that I I had trouble with a couple of times when I started playing messing around with FIFA. I didn't know what button did what, and unless you actually look at the the you know the, the instructions, because Lord knows no one's going to do that. I mean, and there are no instruction manuals in these new next this this next gen horizon we are on. It's just digital manuals now. Yeah, so obviously don't look at the digital manual manuals. Keep the tradition going. But um, yeah, I've been playing a lot of sports games. Uh, there are reviews of Madden NBA 2K up on the site, uh, as well as Knack, which uh, I, I also I, you I loved. You box quotes are going to be all over that game from out. Yeah. Yeah, that I think my favorite thing about that that game thus far has been uh, hip hop gamer's reaction on Twitter, where he's just like, "Game reviews are not for gamers anymore. Knack is the best. It's awesome. <laughs> Seventeen thousand out of five. Um, so that's been. So fun. I got a question for you guys yeah. about like I don't know if I'm stepping into dangerous territory here. Uh, I'm not up on all of all of the latest Twitter trends. Is is hip hop gamer like a real thing or an act? He's no, a he person. is. Yeah, he's no, he's he's, he's, he's a real actually guy. the realist. I, I'm not even wow. joking. He is exactly what he makes himself out to be. That makes it oddly more awesome. <laughs> it is, you know, like yeah, he's very earnest. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. For you know, obviously for better or worse, but he he is absolutely he is who he is. He's he is very earnest, and he's like that way in person too. When he's walking around Ubisoft press conferences with a belt, uh, Gary is what I would describe him. I as. can't, you know, I can't hate the guy. The guy's being himself, and he has certainly made a name for himself, which is more than. You know, all sorts of people ask, like, how do you get into this? Well, some ways are you carry a championship belt, and you never stop doing that. And you just never stop being excited about everything. Um, yeah, he's he's something else. Uh, but I, yeah, so I got through those games. Uh, I've been playing a bunch of other stuff over the course of the weekend. Uh, I played some Mario, which we can talk about more, but that is sure. really good. It is really good. Uh, I played through about eight or nine hours of Assassin's Creed Four. Uh, which I have been enjoying uh, quite a lot. Uh, I did not like three much at all. Uh, this one, just in terms of mission design and the the sailing stuff and all the piratey shit, like everything they 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 built that game around seems just way more exciting and interesting than anything really that was in three. Which makes me wonder what the hell they were doing with three. But um, this one is pretty great so far. I think I'm gonna try and get that one like written up for this week because that that game is pretty grad and i think people should check that one out um well the, the weird thing about the assassin's creed games is that uh they don't they aren't as upfront as let's say call of duty in uh like you know when you play call of duty you get a logo up front like oh this is an infinity ward one like every year yeah. we know who it's coming from and ubisoft has different teams you know obviously those are like commingling they're like experts at you know sort of like flattening game development uh in in a way and so the, the four was made by a different team than three and like they're all in different cycles but it's it's kind of hard to keep track of what exactly that means it's super weird as well because like four like the the ship sailing from four got ported to three before four was out yep. from a different <laughs> team and like i i think it's singapore doing this one but like yeah i can't even keep track of like 
who's on what anymore. Well, apparently Singapore uh, has a better uh, eye for, for, for AC-style mission design than whoever it was that worked on 3, because 3, just five hours in, I was just like, I am done with this. So good on them for, for, for turning that one around, because I was kind of ready not to care about this one, but I've actually been, like, weirdly into it, so... Here, I think that... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I think the, the thing that I really liked about it is it doesn't have a nine-hour-long tutorial. Yeah, like, it's about a five- or six-hour-long tutorial, but, you know, that's, <laughs> that still is, is an improvement. Yeah baby steps yeah. you, gotta, you gotta reduce that down but like yeah it's just i'm i'm with you on this like i am i am loving assassin's creed 4 like i i actually my assassin's creed 4 moment which isn't really assassin's creed 4 is uh i bought it on ps4 and i have the vita thing i've been doing remote play uh and i bought it on disc and so like one day i went to bed and like oh i'll just do some collection stuff in ac4 and i realized i have battlefield in the drive and like i am never buying a retail disc ever again because i'm too lazy to get up and change the disc digital future man this is digital, the digital future. future is you being yep. able to lay in bed and do collection shit in ac4 um you have to tell me you have to tell me what you think of nba live have you played nba live i've just barely dabbled with it um i have it on one platform i don't have it on the other yet uh all right it is does not leave a very good first impression i will say that uh i watched you guys play some so i i i saw some of the same things that were driving me crazy were driving you crazy so that at least made me feel better but it was it was hard because we're the like we're looking at this and of course you know Vinny and jeff are just like it looks like basketball seems fine what's so bad about it i was like i'm sure there are tons of bad things about this i just also we turned all the rules off so that i'm sure i saw that help (laughs) but like do you do you have any sense of like what are those games sort of core problems i mean obviously when you're issuing a letter from the developer saying we're gonna patch in good graphics is is not a good sign yeah the animation stuff is really wonky um like the stuff like, like the things you were doing on the stream where it's like you know you're doing the spin moves over and over and over again and there's just like no real transition between it at all uh it, just a lot of stuff like that the player models look really funky especially in comparison to what 2k is doing because that's what that game is a lot, is is just in, incredibly good-looking player models. So putting NBA Live up against that seems almost unfair. Uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it has a whole lot to it. Uh, it's It seems like a game that... It seems like a game that they did not have as much development time on as they wanted to get a, a completely built-from-the-ground-up NBA experience going. Uh, so, you know, I, I need to spend a whole lot more hours playing it, uh, which is really not something i wish i had to do but uh that said uh i've not enjoyed really any of what i've played of it thus far so it's there like you the, go. The, the knack of basketball games uh it's it's pretty close to it yeah it's definitely the thing created to fill a specific spot in a in a roster as opposed to a game that anyone seems like they really had any fun making or trying to make into something fun so well, did you read that letter right oh yeah and i mean that's not something you ever want to have to say about a game you have just put out in stores. So that, that letter is amazing, especially. So if people aren't aware, uh, on on basically on launch day last Friday, uh, EA Sports put out this uh, really lengthy letter of apology from, I believe, the executive producer. Um, anyway, so someone you know, you know, high up on on the production of that game basically apologizing, and not just apologizing, but like in very specific terms, pointing out. This is what we know isn't working. This is what we know isn't working. We're going to work on this and this and this. And contrast that with uh, a letter that came out that very same day related to Battlefield 4, which also came out of Electronic Arts, uh, apologizing for that game's sort of abysmal launch across all platforms. Uh, I think PS4 has had 
some of the worst problems, but it's been it's been rough across the board. And and that letter basically was like, oh, we're so happy with the launch of Battlefield 4. Here's double XP. I don't know. We'll get around to fixing it. Uh, and just basically ignored the problems because obviously that game is probably selling very well. Uh, right. Whereas the NBA one was, in terms of corporate apologies, about as much as you can probably ask for, even if that sure. doesn't put $60 back in the hands of people that uh, paid for the game. No. And uh, they put that game out, I, I have the distinct impression, just because they wanted to have a starting point to build off of. They, they know they have a long way to go. They know they need to climb their way back into this race if, if, they, if they even can. Um, but if they're going to, they have to have a starting point. And even if that starting point kind of sucks, at least now they have a framework to spend the next year working on. Whereas before, it's like they'd been trying to get a game out for like three years and just couldn't make it happen. So, you know, at least that first step, that one horribly painful broken leg step is now, you know, is out there and they can they can kind of work off of that. Dan, I'm curious, like, obviously, <laughs> not insinuating that you've ever shipped a game on the level of NBA Live, but is there something to that idea of, you know, you can get so insular in, in making a thing that, you can almost kind of like make it worse in the process as opposed to just getting it out there and then and then going from there. Ab- absolutely. Like to it, like I I'm a man who has worked on trains the model train simulator mm. and I'm a man RTS. So I am no I'm no stranger to terrible games. Uh, but yeah, like you're when you're developing a game like you don't really have a sense of how people are going to respond to it. Like our our rock band stuff is an awesome example of that. Like we built this we built a lot of stuff in that game for the idea that people would not buy full band bundles and that they would get together at a certain time every night to play the game. And that's just wildly wrong. Like, we sold too many bundles and everyone got together and had living room nights and, like, all of the online stuff basically never got touched. But we had uh, online bands that had rosters and uh, all of these crazy support infrastructure that just was never needed. Um, so, in a, in a sense, like... like we didn't know how people would react to it, so we probably shouldn't have spent... I know this sounds terrible, but we probably shouldn't have spent that much time building out the online infrastructure for that game. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, like, there's a limit to how much you can roll that back. Like, oh, it sounds like on the NBA Live level, like, that's just a bad game. Yeah. Like, there's, there, there's not a case of, like, they misjudged, you know... I don't know what you misjudge in a basketball game, how people would react to it, like too many basketballs you misjudge how the basketball <laughs> I, 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 i'm an american i didn't know your sports <laughs> too many basketballs that would be the yeah we apologize we put two basketball we gave a basketball to each team when they play i don't know how we missed that one we'll patch that out yeah i'm sorry is there like some aussie rules footy analogy you can make is there like an ashes <laughs> reference you can make is there some critic look, cricket stuff going on there that you want to talk about look ashes cricket is 2013 comes out this week i believe on steam if you want to if you want to play a very slow five day long game is that an ea sports jam or is that what what is that oh god it's like a 505 thing i think oh okay yeah yeah quality quality game yeah known for their sports <laughs> yeah. franchises certainly yeah, but like my, my my American football experience is, uh, we got a free, I got a free copy of Madden at some point from EA, and I tried playing an hour of it, and my I don't know my experience of American football is basically there's some running, and then at the end they do a dance routine for some reason, yeah. and that's football. Uh, my my Madden experience was everyone would line up, it would present me with like 50 million plays of, for some reason I don't know. Uh, and then I would go, and then I'd immediately dive to the ground. And I don't know what I was doing, but, like, for an entire game, it was like, okay, here's the strategy. Here's go, 
down on the ground and then the other team won. But so uh, in certain pockets I, of the NFL, that strategy might actually work. <laughs> like I'm gonna now that I'm in Seattle, I'm gonna try and you know try and get into like this whole Seahawks thing since it appears to be consuming this town. But uh, yeah, I'm I am not your American sports go-to here. I'm afraid. Fair enough. Well, what? So you, I know you got next-gen consoles as well. I've been playing some other stuff. I played some Need for Speed. I played some Forza. I've been playing. I tried to play Need for, uh, Need for Speed actually, but I couldn't get online with anyone because the servers were so broken over the weekend. Uh, what have you been playing on your next-gen consoles, Dan Teasdale? What has been interesting to you? I have also been playing Forza. Yeah, and you are on my friends list. We and are. You are an asshole. You. So are you. <laughs> you are You're a total <laughs> dick. Are you, you saying your, dri- your drive avatars are assholes? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's actually this weird thing, and I don't want to stereotype here, but ignoring you, all of the press that are on my list are the easiest people to pass. Okay. And all of all of the dev friends I have are just complete assholes, like, running me off the road. I wish that when you took photos in that game, it kept the gamer tags up, because I just have tons of great shots. It's like, I'm just driving along, and then there's three cars in front of me just crashing into each other with sparks flying everywhere. It's beautiful. So I... I've been cursing your name a lot, essentially. Good. Is, uh, yeah, so it's the same as all the other days in my life. I don't take any uh, shit. <laughs> uh, I've been playing a lot of TV. Okay. Uh, Xbox TV. Uh, I was skeptical going into it, but then I had the moment yesterday where I walked into my living room and said Xbox on, and then my amp and my uh, cable box and my TV all turned on and everything <clears throat> rose up at once, and... Now I am in the future. Was there like now a I choir of angels behind it? Was it just like a beautiful, mir- miraculous moment? It may as well have been. Yeah. It, it, it is the next generation arrived, like on the achievement saying I'm arrived in the next generation. But uh, yeah, no, it's it, vo- those voice commands. Like it's only like four voice commands, but like those four are enough to push me over and have it hooked up to my cable box. Yeah, I, I, I messed with that all yesterday. I was playing. Uh, I was kind of like <clears throat> jumping in between playing Rise and then also watching uh, football games and. The ability to play Rise and then say, you know, Xbox, Snap TV, and watch, you know, when the commercial break is going to be over so that I could just, you know, turn the the, the TV full screen again and go back to the game. You know, there are things that it didn't work that well. Like, I probably had my speakers too close to the Kinect, so sometimes it wasn't picking up the voice command, so I had to mute the speakers. And then also when you have the TV snapped in, it tries to dynamically alter the volumes of both as opposed to just letting you mute one or the other so there's all these little weird things they kind of that, that are are so obvious that I, you know it, it seems pretty clear they'll they'll fix them uh hopefully pretty soon but like just like when it did work like i saw a glance like a glimpse of how this all this whole ecosystem could hopefully eventually start working and it was really neat like i am someone that watches a decent amount of live tv and has a cable box and watch does a lot of media things so you know i mean you know that may not be Every, you know, so every gamer, but I am that person that also kind of like crosses in, in both worlds. And it was really neat. Like, and it was the thing that impressed, you know, sort of normal people the most when I was able to, to do that stuff and pass the controller around and have people playing Rise. And then without asking them to have to do anything with the controller, I could just yell at the Kinect and, and get the, you know, get the game to come back up. Uh, and then have my actual Rise game paused and not have to worry about what that save was because it was already, you know, save-stated, and I could just transition back to that. It was it was pretty neat. It didn't work 100% of the time, but it worked enough that I'm confident it seems to be mostly a software issue uh, in terms of figuring out how to make that stuff work better. Yeah, there's enough of that magic there that I have hope. Like, I don't think that hope will last eight years if it's like this, but, like, I... 
I have enough hope that they will be able to like refine out like yeah being able to mute a snap thing or being able to view an achievement without jumping through three separate apps like that hopefully they will fix that at some point like, and it's enough for me to to believe i guess i think the one thing i'm really hoping they fix and they probably won't but uh it's something i would really like is that it would be nice if the voice stuff had some kind of voice recognition attached to it because god damn it if when i was watching the live stream if every time jeff said xbox my xbox did not start fucking wigging out and doing crazy <laughs> shit yeah just because i happened to be sitting 10 feet away from the stream i had to turn it down to almost mute because otherwise it would make it go insane it would be really nice if you could like voice identify a little bit so that it would know to listen for your commands and not just any asshole who might be on a live stream somewhere uh trying to break your shit and that seems like an easy case to solve as well, right? You have the, you know, the voice coming in from the Xbox. Like, they, you can intercept that stream and say, "This is stuff that is happening in the game." Like, it seems like it should be like a no-brainer to say if it's coming from, us, if it's coming from inside the house, ignore it. Essentially, yeah. it was pretty amazing when uh, I, I think I mentioned like someone tweeted at me like when when we were saying Xbox on the stream that it was affecting you know those people who already managed to get Xbox Ones. And then, of course, there was, like, a slight twinkle in Jeff's eye as he realized he could go <laughs> Xbox turn off. Yes. And then tur oh. and in, in that one fell swoop, turned off, like, what seemed to be at least maybe 100 Xbox Ones uh, because it actually traveled through and did that. And, you know, that is definitely one use case where it's like, if you are watching a stream through your machine... Like it's got to be able to say like just ignore that audio data, uh, but again that's hope that's all software side. Like I I feel pretty confident in terms of uh, you know it's it's pretty snappy and it what it does pick up on it does pick up on pretty well. And the only problems I do have with it is just like the rule set for accessing things is so rigid. Like there's just no natural language interpretation at all. Like to the point that like when I say. When I was turning the Xbox off last night, I said, okay, you know, Xbox, turn off. And then it asked you to say yes, and I just said, yep. And it interpreted that as a no. And it's like, you know, it should know yes, yeah, yep. Uh, and, and hopefully that's just a matter of having to gather data, which is basically just, you know, that's why Google is so powerful is like you have so much access to user data and sort of natural language implementation that hopefully, you know, I'm okay with the Connect gathering that stuff. Because it should hopefully make it be able to to know more of that stuff in the future if it just has hundreds of thousands of people talking to it and then it can start figuring out how all that stuff works. Yeah, I think a lot of the rigidity comes from if it's I don't I haven't messed around with the Xbox One stuff, but if it's like the 360 Connect stuff, a lot of it comes from having to like literally define everything uh, so that it can work out where the overlaps are. Um, so it seems like it's, it could benefit from like a, you know, a Google or a Mechanical Turk solution where it's like, this is like the pool of what everyone says to try and get in. Now, just don't care about how strict it is. Just do it. Do something. Yeah. yeah. Like when I say Xbox open Netflix, like that should work just as well as Xbox go to Netflix. Like, and I know, I know why it doesn't do that now, but it, like if, if this is going to go beyond me just being kind of impressed uh, at launch, that, that it works when it does work, to something I'm going to use every day and should sort of like get over that hump of feeling weird when you're talking to your TV. Like it's got to get, it's got to be good enough that like I can leave it with other people and not have to like write down, here's what you have to say to the Xbox to, to get it to work. Because, you know, if you're going to plug it into your box, uh, you can't spit out two signals. So it's like I, I had it connected through a component 
and uh, HDMI, the HDMI was going to my Xbox, the component was going to the TV, and if you choose any one of those, it's not going to spit out the other one, so it's not like I can keep it connected so that my wife can use it with just like the normal remote, um, although I guess you can use the, the cable remote with it um, once you get to the TV section, but I don't know. It works, it works well enough, but I, I'm choosing to be hopeful that it will work a lot better, you know, in the next six months. Am I an asshole for not setting up the TV stuff at all? Like, I have a TiVo. I have an HD TiVo, and I already run stuff through that. I kind of, I'm, like, wary to run it through the ca more cables through more cables to try and make stuff happen. Like, is would you say it's worth me getting over whatever dumb hump I have and actually trying it out and seeing if I can make it work? Well, no, TiVo has a pretty decent system, right? Like, TiVo has yeah. a pretty great interface. Like, I'm, part of the reason I like the Xbox stuff is not that I get to say Xbox rewind when there's a cool catch. It's that I get... I'm getting a non-shitty Comcast interface for the first time in my life. Right. Um, and the Comcast interface is complete garbage. So It is. Like, the very basic, like, interface design that Microsoft has put into it is at least a little bit nicer uh, than what I deal with on a daily basis. And hopefully they can fix the DVR stuff, or at least tap into that at some point. Um, but but uh, even just not dealing with what Comcast has gotten incredibly lazy about in terms of interface design uh, is an improvement. But if you have TiVo, you know, I... I think you would want to wait to see if they have a little bit better integration going forward. Probably that was kind of my thinking as well. So thank you for thank you for reassuring my uh, my my skepticism. Yeah, um, I should uh, as we head towards uh, uh, the end of the show. If people have questions uh, for Dan or ourselves, uh, shoot it off in the chat, and I will uh, start paying uh, attention to that. Um, I don't know, D Dan. Have you been playing any other games of note uh, lately? Uh, I. I have a confession to make. I may have started playing World of Warcraft again. I'm what? Sorry. I'm sorry. I watched the BlizzCon thing. It got me excited again. I'm getting my character sorted out. I'm sure this will only last like a month, and then I'll stop, and I'll pick it up again for, for the expansion. But, yeah, I, I'm relaxed. When was I the am, last time I'm... you played before this? Last time I played before this would have been the last expansion. Okay. Uh, I, I played... I played a bunch of Pandaria, and then I took a break for a couple of months, and then I hit the cap and did a bunch of raids, uh, and then I took a break again. I did um, two brief dive-ins uh, after the first two expansions, and then I have not touched it since then. So, this new one, like, yeah, the new graphics and all the stuff they were talking about sounded kind of cool, but I think I'm going to keep resisting for the time being, at least as long as I can. Here's the thing that brought me back into Pandaria, and that is that it's a Pokemon MMO now. Okay. And you can go through and you can collect pets like Pokemon and you can battle them like Pokemon, but it's an MMO. <sighs> yeah, yeah, you know what? See, if I was able, yeah, if I was see. able to, to keep myself from playing more Pokemon, actual Pokemon, then I think I can keep myself from playing World of Warcraft Pokemon. I can do that. Okay. I do not have your strength. Okay. <laughs> uh, but besides that, like I've uh, kind of been like all next gen stuff. Uh, you know, I've been playing a lot of stuff for like five or ten minutes. Like I played Razorgun for five minutes. That seems cool. I played Zoo Tycoon for ten minutes and recorded the best video I will ever record in Zoo Tycoon uh, oh, yeah. of me just doing donuts in the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Xbox record that genius. Someone, uh, someone was telling me that uh, they in Zoo Tycoon, for some reason, they were doing something. They were I forget. I don't know much about that game. I don't know what the setup was, but apparently they were doing something where they were able to sort of walk around in the park and just take a lot of pictures of kids. And they were being That's... really creepy, walking around taking pictures of kids, and that people like it just was that that was allowed something you were allowed to do in that game. <laughs> That's 
creepy. Yeah. Is this someone you, Alex? Is this you? No, this <laughs> is someone who works in another outlet that shall remain unnamed. I will leave it at that. Yes. But uh, yeah, Game Bomb to IU is yeah. Zoo Tycoon. All right. I've heard that. I heard that was one of the one of the one of the actual jams of the Xbox One launch. People have had mostly nice things to say about that game. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to diving into that a bit more. Um, and then everything else, I picked up Space Engineers on Steam, uh, which still very early and not not fifteen dollars worth yet, but hopefully it'll get there at some point. Sure. Um, but yeah, besides that, then it's just been wanting you waiting for launch and then having way too many games to play, and now I have to sort of find time for Zelda and Mario and tear away and uh, yeah, the eighty other games that came out this week. Yeah, I'm yeah, saving the those... handhelds for travel next week. Yeah, and That's those are cool. those are all those are all really 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 goddamn good games. I would, as I, I think I said, the end of our Xbox One stream. I feel like those two streams, uh, all they did was tell me you should go buy a Wii U and a 3DS and Zelda and Mario, uh, <laughs> which <laughs> which is not to take away from uh, some of the decent stuff that is there at launch for either of those machines, but that uh, doing that would probably be uh, cheaper and a better uh, a better uh, use of your time because both of those games uh, seem. Uh, really, really damn good. Oh God, Mario's so good. It is really good. It is really good. good. Uh, So yeah, roundabout's delayed to 2015 for some other reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A lot of people are asking. I don't think we are going to have anything interesting to say. I think people will have to probably wait for the bombcast. But uh, Persona 5 was announced over the weekend. Uh, the new Atlas RPG, uh, the sequel to the the really popular uh, th- that series has gained a lot of uh, steam in the in the last uh, five ten years. Um, I didn't play Persona Four. Um, I, I, I don't think anyone here has, right? I, I've spent a little time with it, but I have not sunk nearly the hours I would need to to have like a serious strong opinion about that game. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I did like four hours on my Vita, and then I realized it's a JRPG, which isn't really my thing, and then I uh, yeah. kind of fell off. So I... Too many smart people that I have a lot of respect for really, really like that game in a non-ironic way, which means I sort of feel like I need to play Persona 4 at some point, so I'm glad that Persona 5 is not coming till next winter, uh, so if that... And that's Japan, so I have to And to, to your assume, PS3 at that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's for coming PS3, which, I you know, we all kind of knew. Atlas, yeah. Atlas tends to try and reach uh, not only the broadest audience possible, but also doesn't rush uh, to next-generation hardware. I mean, they basically made Catherine as a way of getting their toes wet for uh, Persona 5, and, and I really liked Catherine for all of its all of its problems. Um, so I probably will play Persona 4 Golden, which I do have on this Office Vita I have kicking around, uh, and the, the cold winter months that are upon me, once I am past Game of the Year, I have, like, a stack of games that I feel like make the most sense for that time, which is I'm going to try WoW for the first time. I'm actually uh-huh. going to play Dark Souls and, I think, Persona 4 Golden. Yeah. Uh, just make, That seems to make a lot of sense for, like, January and February when I'm just going to be spending a whole lot more time uh, indoors. So sure. I, I will publicly say I am I'm intending to play Persona 4, but if you were looking for expert analysis on Persona 5... Uh, you probably won't get that here or the bombcast, uh, but you won't get even get a bare. Close to it on the bombcast, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you won't even get the bare minimum here. I'll You'll just get Jeff being it. really excited, and probably Vinny being really excited too. Yeah, uh, but see, it seems people are really psyched for that, so that's that's awesome. Um, yeah. And they announced also like a dancing game and like two other games. There's I the kinda... fight. Yeah, there's there's like that fighting game or whatever, or is there another fighting game? I can't remember if it's the same or just another one. But it's. I think it might be just like a you know a super street fighter equivalent yeah sort of thing and 
there's a rhythm game and there's yeah there's a lot they're they're really going for it on this next persona they're going to uh you're going to get your persona 5 but it seems like before you get that you're going to get a whole lot of other persona uh before that so um persona persona uh, I thought uh, what was also interesting because we've talked a little about uh, user-generated content was this whole people using the PlayStation 4's uh, Playroom app, uh, which is meant to just be sort of a fun <laughs> web what webcam interface thing. Uh, but they also allow you to switch uh, to stream to Twitch on it, and it started out great. Oh, my dog is start, my dog always signals the end of the show by barking. Mm-hmm. Um, the it started out very innocently where there's a thing called the Spartan Show, which was this husband and wife couple, very nice. Uh, they were just streaming out of the playroom, showing the guy had shown off uh, this little DualShock Four mod that he had, and it started gaining steam. People were looking to it on, on on Twitter, and then it got to Reddit and and Gaff and all these other different places. And uh, Sony's Adam Boys called in, and then I called in. Uh, and it was a ton of fun. Like I, I called in just to encourage them to try and calm their nerves as like the number just kept creeping up over and over. I think they went to something like six thousand viewers over the course of like a seven hour stream. It was it was really cool. Like and it was this moment where it's like for all the stuff we get caught up with with like what defines next gen, I it was, you know, watching these people just sort of get caught up in a storm and be really genuine about it was like, man, that's cool. Like that, you know, to me, that is what uh, sort of epitomizes what what is possible with a lot of this new tech that's been built in that allows sort of everyday people uh, to stream their experiences. But of course, uh, the internet being the internet quickly, quickly took this to a dark place. Uh, And there were a couple instances over the weekend that I don't even know if I want to explain what happened just because it grosses me out. But uh, there was nudity involved, uh, let's say, nudity that was uh not voluntary uh, involved yeah. with uh with folks who were had too much to drink um and it's quickly led to a lot of conversations about uh what might happen uh you know i'm, I'm curious to see if sony overreacts uh because obviously bad people are going to do bad things with potentially good things all the time like the internet uh, you know again will be the internet but uh hopefully they don't go too far in in sort of cracking down on this stuff because I think they have a really good thing going and they probably just need to have some new mechanisms in place uh, to deal with people that use content uh, inappropriately. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing that always happens when you give people more access and more ways to to sort of, you know, to play around with these devices. You know, you give them these these you know, these, these apps and these functionalities and these technologies to do kind of whatever they want with this stuff, but you don't necessarily think too far ahead about how it might go horribly, horribly wrong. Dan, I know this was something that we, you know, we talked a lot about at Harmonics, you know, like when we were coming up with more and more things for, uh, you know, ways for people to do things online and the, you know, the, the, so a lot of the community stuff. And, you know, we also had to think ahead, well, how could this be abused? Uh, when you're when you're coming up, when you're thinking about this kinds of stuff, like like how far ahead do you generally find yourself having to think about like how far down the rabbit hole people can really fuck this up? Not at all. Okay. Uh, no, but like usually, like in all of the cases that we've had it, it's always been a publisher or a first party. It's like you should probably figure out how people are going to draw a penis in note charting, and it's like, oh well, I guess you can do it with five lanes and a, a bunch of gems. I guess we'll need to figure out something. Um, but like a lot of us, and I imagine the playroom guys as well, like we kind of rely on the platform holders to be able to 
to mediate all of that stuff. They have they have all the infrastructure for child accounts and for uh, being able to take down content and all of that kind of stuff. So for us to duplicate that, like unless we're doing something that's like its own platform, like it's it's better for them to take care of it than for us to take care of it. Um, obviously, like we shouldn't encourage it. So like we're not we're not going to put dick stamps in our stamping game, for example. But like at some point, like you just need to focus all of that like mediation and moderation in one point rather than doing it crappily in three different places so wait Dan, in in the rock band stuff can you not make a dick did you guys actually accommodate for that uh i can't remember now i remember it was a it was a it was an awkward meeting with microsoft where we were all in redmond and they're like well how are you going to stop swastikas from appearing in the game it's like well it's, it's a music game it's like well you can just you know chart out you know green to orange and do this pattern here in the note chart it's like Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I think a lot of it was uh, like I think that's a lot of the reason we went with like all of the XMA pipeline stuff was it's just like they have they can pull down content they can they can remotely pull down content on the 360 like all of these like ridiculous like things that they've built out this team of enforcement to do and so uh, it's nice not being able to have to worry about that like I think if I was on the Microsoft side or the Sony side and I had to deal with how I was going to moderate millions of people, all of which can be dicks at any point in time. Like, that's... It's like this impossible problem that you just try, have to try and find ways to deal with. And now we're going to find out that in uh, in Roundabout, like, all the patterns you do in the game are actually just make dicks and swastikas. Like, the, the, the rotation patterns are purely built on that. Oh, yeah, no. I, I am, I'm making the first all-dick game, essentially. It's Excellent. Like you, you, yeah. You spin and... Yeah, it's... Now you have trailer. my attention. You're going to love it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you know. Also, it's it's not like, uh, you know, in the case of uh, the streaming stuff, you know, the platform holders aren't, you know, they're not the ones that is host are hosting this. You know, they're offloading this to outside services, which I think makes it a little bit stranger because it's you know, I guess Sony would be in control of Playroom where they could patch out the ability to stream out from that. But you know, people will find ways to do the exact same thing in in other ways. There's only so many ways that you can kind of like. You know, you can stop people from doing that. Um, and hopefully, you know, it'll just be worked out the way it's worked out in the past where, you know, Twitch has just has to, you know, uphold its terms of service. You know, this stuff isn't allowed and they're very strict about what non-game stuff uh, they allow because it, ha you know, it kind of has to be game related. It can be just, you know, people talking. But, you know, hopefully what ends up happening is just probably Sony gets maybe a little bit better filters in place for what shows up in the PS4 streaming stuff. You know, when it shows you like what streams you can watch. Um, and hopefully they just, you know, Twitch, you know, a lot of it goes on Twitch. Like Twitch is a service that's not super terrific. It just happens to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, it's the as... Netflix of game streaming. It is, but, but yeah, it's, Netflix seems a little more reliable even when it was starting to scale. And, you know, Twitch was having trouble scaling even before it had millions of console users uh, getting ready to use it. Um, I just, no, I just mean as a company. I mean, like, oh, they're, sure, they're sure. a company that was there, and they had the right service. It's just that they have never actually been that good. Yeah, I mean, you look at, like, Twitch's iOS app. Like, even their apps in general, are, are there's no ubiquity there, um, and that's really frustrating. It's caused a lot of problems with even the stuff that we do when, you know, we have premium members, which I don't think you can watch uh, through through the Twitch app uh, on, on an iOS device uh, or an Android device, and... It's I, I, I don't think this will be the last time we hear of people being awful uh, as they try and figure out ways of finding a balance uh, between that stuff. But, you know, it's not easy. Uh, you know, I think that's been a running theme of a couple of things we've talked about this morning of just when you open it up to people, 
Uh, people are going to take it to the worst possible place until you can find controls uh, that sort of keep them uh, from surfacing at least. Yeah, uh, big surprise. I mean, what, the Xbox ran into this really early on with Uno, right? Like if you remember, like the Uno had all those problems with people using the webcam to show their dicks speaking of dicks, all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, like, the first thing people did was just try and gross other folks out uh, with, with nudity. And, uh, yeah, it's it's not an easy problem to solve because uh, unless you're going to program your machine to recognize dicks, which is a pretty funny thing. It should. It should do that. Instant dick recognition. That be, that's, that's probably someone's full-time job right now. Like, <laughs> they're, make, they're making a thesis on how to recognize dicks. All right, well... That. Uh, Dan, why don't you tell people? Because you you can uh, you can buy your game right now, right? Like you can't play it, but you can you can buy it to get into the to an early version, right? Yeah, absolutely. So on, on roundaboutgame.com, we have a humble widget where you can buy the game when it ships. It's going to be fifteen bucks. You can buy it now for ten. Uh, just to you know, you're, you're buying sight unseen, so we may as well give you a discount. Uh, you can also vote for it on Steam Greenlight to give my Greenlight pitch to try and see if anyone will actually vote for it there, uh, and also. I should probably mention because I have a entire supply of them right here. I still have Men of Game Dev calendars left. If you want to buy Men of Game Dev calendars at uh, menofgamedev.com, you have some incredibly sexy shirtless programmers and artists for your wall. Um, I think that's all of the things I can pimp out. I guess unless you just want to give me money, like give you my PayPal address. <laughs> no, that'll be okay, Dan. Thank you very much. Uh, so why don't you uh, tell people what platforms it's coming out on and uh, when when Roundabout is coming out. Yes, I shall do that. Uh, Roundabout 2014, uh, personal computers and video game consoles of the next generation persuasion. Excellent. Thanks for coming on, Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, Alex, what are, you, what are you up to this week? What am I up to? Uh, I am going to try and finish AC4, which we'll see if I get that done before Thursday when I'm flying back out to California. Um, uh, I'm probably trying to play some more NBA Live in there, too, though I... Ugh, ugh, ugh. Um, other than that, just playing more Mario, playing more Forza, just trying to, you know, I just start in on Dead Rising 3, which I have too, uh, which I haven't touched yet, and then I'll have the those handheld games for me on the trip at least, so Tearaway and Zelda, what do you got going on? Uh, well, I'm headed to Omaha, Nebraska tomorrow for, for Thanksgiving stuff, so I'll be, I'll be out of the, out of the, the work woodwork pretty quickly, but I'm, I have to play through Super Mario 3D World all over again. Uh, because uh you know which is not the worst of punishments but uh you know my save did not come over from the work we you so all of that uh work I, I put into uh to trying to catch all those stars uh all for naught i mean it's for the review but uh it right. is kind of a bummer to to realize i for a hot second thought about bringing my wii u with me to san francisco because i was pretty sure that i would be the one assigned uh to do that so i probably should have asked before i went uh so it could have just been on my machine but oh well uh, so I'll be doing that, uh, and I'll be do, uh, playing Zelda, and uh, I think I'm going to bring my Xbox and a uh, PlayStation 4, because um, I have in the past used uh, my wife's family to, uh, like, what do you guys think of this stuff? You know, it's always fun to to get a response from from folks that way, so we'll, we'll see how that stuff uh, goes over, but uh, otherwise, uh, I guess... Uh, I guess we'll be off on Friday, so we will not have yeah. a show on Friday, but we'll, uh, we'll return... Uh, next Monday, um, but Dana, thanks again uh, for for joining us this morning and getting up early, um, and uh, we will see uh, we'll see everyone next week. Later on, guys. Bye. Thanks a lot. Ow.